problem that I have. I had a busy day on Saturday helping out in a golf tournament. I prayed really hard, you know, took what I needed to, and I said, oh God, I said, just lessen the pain. The pain was lessened by Saturday come Saturday. Sunday, Heather prayed with me, and by today I'm feeling much better. It's the most mildest form of this flare-up that I've ever had, so I'm very thankful for that. And the, the chorus, Can't Stop Praising His Name, has been running through my head today, and I realized I know why I can't. It came to my mind, because when you start praising the Lord in the middle of your troubles, you, the troubles might not go away, the pain might not go away, but you all of a sudden have a peace. So when you can praise him in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the trials, in the middle of everything that's going wrong, that's where the peace comes from. And I just want to tell him that I can't stop praising his name tonight.
Thank you.
healing and touching the heart. Amen. Amen. to the name of Jesus. Amen? Yes. We just believe for that. And God makes no mistakes. You know, it's God makes no mistakes. So we continue to pray for what is her name again? Josephine. Heavenly Father, we lift Josephine before you right now, Lord God. Lord, we ask that this cancer would shrink up and it would shrivel and it would die and it would be removed from her. Lord God, that she would uh, be healthy. Lord God, that it would happen quickly. But nevertheless, Lord God, we know you're the mighty one. You're the healer. You're the, you are the, you're the creator. So, Lord God, we lay her before your feet, Lord God. Yes. Lord, we stand in proxy for her, asking that this cancer would be removed, that it would be gone. We include Bernie in that, Lord God. You know Bernie. Yes, about it, Lord God. You know the circumstance yes. in his life with cancer. Lord, I pray that you would shrink these tumors, these, this cancer, this growth. Lord, it's alive. We pray that you would kill it off, that you shrink it, that you would remove it. But Lord God, that if there would be a mighty walking, talking testimony of how you have intervened, how you have interceded, how you have healed and restored, in Jesus' name we pray. Pastor, Amen. Amen. Yes. there's someone else, us only ones here that have been here. Angela, and I don't remember her last name, but she's married to Lou and works at Tops and Sandy Creek. He's out for the next five days having some special
what it's that others, the, the believers, non-believers, um, would come to believe. And, uh, and that, uh, that the Father be glorified. So we need to glorify Him when things happen as that such. And, that, uh, and so much of it happens uh, that we know about in our little realm, our congregation, of all the things that have taken place. And just, you know, from, from the dead rising from the dead in a sense here a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, as crazy as that sounds, but I can testify to the voice of God speaking to my ears, and that sounds crazy. They say, "Why me? For what purpose?" But uh, God has a God knows what it would take and for His purpose. So, praise the Lord. Anybody else? Yes. Continue to grow. I think we've reached a lot of lives. You know, I've got a stack of cards in there 
And sometimes you'd ask, where are they? But God knows where they are. They may be serving in another church. They may uh, they may not even be going to church, but yet they know God and they've been challenged with with the deeper walk with God. Uh, and that's what we need to continually doing. And, and then demonstrating what a deeper walk with Christ looks like. Sometimes a deeper walk means I've failed, I've fallen, and ask for forgiveness as Louise has. That's a deeper walk with God. And the desire to draw nearer to Him and, and to everybody who knows Him. So um, that's just another miracle. How can we do that without God speaking? It's a miracle. It really is. In ourselves, we can't do it, but in Christ, we can do it. And we can make room for that because that's what he's done for us. There you go. And he 
done and what you know we go on instead of going like she says go from glory to glory we go from defeat to defeat almost from one issue to the next bad issue but if we see receive it as a glory issue uh, God is setting us up for the next victory for the next miracle for the for the next hurrah uh, then the, wouldn't every circumstance truly look different to us I think that's God's favorite word it's already been done John 8, 12. Is anybody else? Yeah. Sorry. I, I can. Yes. Chuck is an example of humbleness and, yeah. and, 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 and 
and walking in the presence of God. He is a example in any way. I'm just harassing. That's why I got quiet. They couldn't hear me. You were confused, you know. So, praise the Lord. Uh, well, I don't know how many of you know um, Melanie, whose mom is still on a machine and stuff, has lost her mom's sister now. She just died. Uh, she told me about it uh, Sunday. So, so keep Melody, Melody Green, uh, in your prayers. So, had an aneurysm or something. Blood in the brain bleed, which is an aneurysm, I guess. So, uh, so she's now lost her mom's sister, who was over there as well. So, so keep them up in your prayers. Um, God knows we ask why. Stevens, I shot Paul many years ago with Bill Stevens. There's other, there's God. Never lack a prayer. Thank you, pray for Israel, guys. You know, as Tina talked about coming into the light, uh, scripture tonight is John 8, 12. Jesus is speaking. And uh, he's really speaking to the Pharisees. He's speaking to those who were around a woman who was caught in adultery at that time. And that's when he picked up the stone and when he takes his finger and he writes in the sand. And, and right after that period of time, uh, it comes John 8, 12. And it, it says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Not just the light, but the light of life. And really, it, it really is I am. It's really the testimony of Jesus Christ himself. I am. I am the Son of God. I am the Messiah. I am the one who came to, to save mankind. I am in, in the beginning, and, and I am in the end. Uh, I am all that you need, and I am with you always. And so many, 
you know, I am speak so much. And what did what did God tell Moses to tell Pharaoh? I am, I am, right? Uh, I am is that I am, and I always will be. And uh, so Jesus really is a testimony about Jesus, and and that is that you know, like I said, it was after uh, Jesus was speaking to the woman uh, that they were about to stone uh, in sin. You know, isn't it amazing that God that her Testimony, her issue is recorded for all times in the Bible itself. Same as the woman who gave a mite. Seems so little, seems so insignificant, but yet those things are recorded for all time's sake, for all times. Because guess what? We travel in the same circles as men and women, don't we? And those issues are common. And, and we always want to be the one throwing stone. But here Jesus is. Jesus is saying that he is the light of God. You know, Jesus is a testimony that you, if you know me, you see me, you see the Father. So Jesus is the testimony to the Father. And, and he's also the light that dwells within us. And we are the reflection of the light of Jesus. Amen? Jesus is the reflection of the Father. And, and, and thus, uh, the light that shones within us is, is the reflection of Jesus himself. So... And, and, it, and it really seems, and that in itself seems, uh, you know, we hear it, we take it. But you know that the Israelites were led by light as well, weren't they? See, it isn't something new. It is just something that, it, that God has repeated for so many times and through the generations. You know, it was the Israelites, it was the pillar of fire that, that showed the Israelites their way in the desert, the, the pillar of fire. Showed them their way in the desert. They followed the pillar of light, didn't they? So Jesus has always been about the light. God is always about the light. Jesus is, is the reflection of God, and, and the light that's in us is Jesus. We're the reflection of Jesus' light. And the, the God never changes. And it says light, the way of light. The way of light. So, so if you think about it, it says here the way of light, not just the light to see by. To see with our physical eyes the light which is giving now for the darkness. But yet I tell you, it is the path of life. It is the way of life. It is the way of eternal life. Forever life. It's not just life for a few years, you know, 7,500 or 900 in the case of the, of the early folks in the Bible. Uh, but yet it's the light for all times, through all circumstances. And he says, I am the way also, the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the bottom of that. So really, the light is really, uh, refers to, to the, the light, the, the way of life. The way for forever life. We are the reflection of that light of Jesus. And, and you know, we reflect the light, uh, we too become the light to the world. We too become the light to the world as we go into dark places, as we go into circumstances that seem so dark that people see there's no way out. The name of cancer, uh, bondages. We can become that light. We are that light. When we speak to them in the authority of Jesus, we become that way of life. We show them that way of life. It isn't that we are perfect. Jesus is perfect. Who represents God the Father, the creator of all things. Amen. So it's all handed down to us with the authority and the power 
And, and, and as we heard testimony tonight, as we pray earnestly, God is moved to heal and restore. Man, if you're sick and all of a sudden you're not, is there any greater light than that? Is there any greater light than that? Is there any greater light to, to see someone come to salvation truly for the first time and, and, and feel that, sense that burden relieved in their life? Is there any, or somebody truly understanding something that God, the next level, she says, is something that's been revealed to her? It's like a light bulb going on in the darkness. Is it something new to us? Even though we've walked around it, we've taken it aside all our lives perhaps, but yet all of a sudden it opens up a new door. It's really the testimony of Jesus. When we become the light, it's the testimony of God through Jesus, through those who follow Jesus, and then we begin to, to be the light that is the way of life. Because we have now a testimony about what Jesus has done. Jesus is testifying about the Father, and guess what? He intercedes for us, and where is he at? He's at the right hand of the Father. So, so it all comes and, and comes back in a big circle, doesn't it? It's pretty amazing, really, if you could just grab onto that. And one more scripture. Man, we're almost out of time, but that's okay. We've praised God. We've testified about God. We've given God glory, and we've lifted up those who need a touch. Uh, Romans 12, 1, we know that it talks about being living sacrifices. Um, Really, to me, that speaks about being a walking testimony. Just as a hard word testimonies went as far as England that we know of, you know, there was response as far as England. I don't know where else in this world, but nobody said a word. It was just a picture sent out there over the airwaves. So someone was reached in England about what happened here in Little Glass Guy and what really was a tragedy in somebody's life, but yet God intervened and it reached somebody in England. I don't know where else. It reaches the heart of people. Something that we can't see many times. We only see the bad, but yet somewhere in there, there's a heart or else they wouldn't be breathing. Romans 12, 1 says to me about living sacrifice. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. You know, when you see living sacrifices, it's really in contrast to, to dead sacrifices. The Old Testament, there was dead sacrifices, animals that died. And, it's, and so really, in contrast to death, life over, bled out, burnt on, a, on an altar, your flesh being burnt, to being dying to ourselves, lifted up to a new life of in the presence of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. True life. So, you know, to be living sacrifices, man, that, that's pretty easy to say. But it really talks about, uh, in contrast to, because he's from this to that. Be living sacrifices instead of the dead sacrifices that just gave their life. To be a living sacrifice. A living, walking, talking testimony uh, and sometimes talking, more than importantly, just living and, and allowing people to see how you're living and how you go through circumstances. It also speaks to me about a living a new life uh, of the Holy Spirit, not a new ritual. The trouble is many will come to Christ and they make it all of a sudden, now I have to live by these rules. But really, a new life is, is doing away 
away with the rules and, and not making it a ritual, but, but a heart and a, a mind and a will that's changed, that's transformed. God talks about transformation taking place. And a transformation sometimes can be instantly, but a transformation in Christ is a continual thing that keeps going on day after day through circumstances, and we keep growing and building and trusting and believing, and, and then our wills line up with His, and it takes time. Some things go instantly, sometimes take time. Sometimes they're a lifetime. Keep striving, fighting the fight, and you know, until we get there. So we have to understand that a living new life, I think that he's talking about, you know, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. Remember God's mercy and grace, because those are for the times we fail. If we don't fail, we don't need his mercy and grace, do we? If we don't fail, but guess what? We do fail. So when we fail, let's believe that God's mercy and grace are there in place in our lives. We don't have to beat ourselves up. We just need to pick ourselves up, ask for forgiveness, believe we're forgiven, and move forward. And to grow through it. That's a living sacrifice. A new life doesn't mean a perfect life. It just means that I've come from one place and I'm going to another place in a different way. That's all. Living a new life of holy of the Holy Spirit. But we can't make it a ritual. It needs to be a mind, heart, and a will change. And how do we know that there's been a change? Because we begin to have obedient service on the rules. Obedient service unto, to mankind and those who once we wouldn't lift a finger to help. In fact, we might step on a finger if they were laying on the floor as we walked by to give them a hand up. Does that make sense? And that sounds pretty simple. How many have stepped on fingers of Somebody laying on the floor as kids and kind of laugh and chuckle as they're whining and crying. And, Ooh, what are you crying about? But we do that with our attitude and our words today. Oh, they deserve every bit of what they're getting. Man, we can become cold-hearted. The attitude we hear on the news and taking in and, and some that we know that may be going warm once or twice or three times and, and all of a sudden somebody says, well, they need to get what they deserve just to be done with it. Guess what? Good thing we don't get what we deserve, especially if we're the one saying thing or saying something like that. Especially when we see a child born with some ailment and, and say, what chance have they had, you know? How do, what, is, what does obedient service mean? That's really, and it says that uh, holy and pleasing to God, holy and pleasing to God. So that's the new life that I've been talking about. Uh, we're holy because he is holy. We're right and right standing because because he paid the price, it's not of our own work. And, and we, give, we, we begin to do service because he said to do service. But I think that this is your spiritual act of worship it ends with. And I think is that our worship, just as I said, that our, that our new life can't become a, a ritual. If it does, we'll come cold and only grow so far. Our worship can't become a, worship, a ritual either. That, that we do the right things and say the right things because people are watching. Jesus talked to the Pharisees about that when he was dealing with a woman with, with the, the issue of calling adultery. They didn't stone the man. If the woman was caught in adultery, that usually means that there's a man or, or, or at least another woman at today's standard, but there's somebody else involved, but yet they, they don't show that person, do they? That might be, who knows what he was writing in his hand. Maybe he was writing the name of somebody else. Maybe he was writing the sin that somebody else had and just kept, I don't know what he was writing. 
You know what I think is so important that we don't know what he's writing? Because it makes us think about it. Was it my name written there? Was it my sin written there? Sin is sin. Adultery is just another sin. No matter how we classify it in severity. If it's your wife or your husband, it's, it stabs at our heart and it's a very severe thing then. But guess what? If it's a neighbor three blocks down that you hear about, well, it happens all the time. Does that sound crazy? But don't justify it that way sometimes. So guess what? It can't be a ritual. The change can't become a ritual. We have to continue to grow in the change. Because I said the change is a constant thing. The transformation is continually happening. Salvation's instant. The minute we confess Jesus as Lord and, and believe in our heart that he was risen from the dead, we are saved. But guess what? That's only the beginning. It's not the end. So there's constant change. So we need to be transformed, and that process is not a single event, guys. Really is what I've been saying. A process is never a single event. If you're totally transformed on one thing, that means we just go to the next item, the next subject, the next issue, the next thing that takes us to the glory. Glory to glory, what does that mean? From this circumstance to that circumstance. And I'm going to praise God and I'm going to put a song in my heart, sing my way through it. I'm going to lift up in prayer those who need it. You see how God works through the... It's all combined. We separate them, but they can't be separated. And then we all come together to do all these things together. To lift one another up and to know how to pray and what to pray for. And to lift up that one who's suffering and meet the needs. And so that transformation, we can't do that call each other brothers and sisters and act like a family and pretend that we love one another. It has to be an actual process because if it's not, then we don't, we aren't driven into action. We talk about it. It becomes a ritual. But when we're driven into action, you begin to, you begin to store up food to meet the others. That's an action. You begin to pray with expectation and, and somebody is actually healed. Oh, we're amazed. But oh, are we going to forget it by tomorrow? Probably. But to the one who's walking without the, without the stones today, I bet she hasn't forgot it quite yet. Mm -hmm. It's not a single event. And then it goes on to say, holy and pleasing to God. Pleasing to God. So guess what? It's not about us. It's what pleases God. <laughs> If you start breaking that thing down, we get it all wrong. But if we do what's pleasing to God, we pray for one another, we lift up, and we put the song in our hearts, and when the song's in our hearts, just let it flash out. We jump around, don't worry about what somebody else is seeing. <laughs> he does tell us to look in the mirror and don't forget what you saw, but that's really about the sins in our lives. They looked at David as he danced and called him nuts. But he was the apple of God's eye, even though David failed on many aspects.